Welcome to episode 5 of the Stageworthy Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. On Stageworthy, I interview people who make theatre to find out what makes them do what they do. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook and Twitter at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use and consider leaving a comment or rating. Merritt Cruz is an actor and singer from Toronto. She's been a part of Shaky Shake and Friends since 2011. You'll remember I talked about Shaky Shake with Tom McGee in episode 3. Most recently, she's been on tour with Evil Dead the Musical, which is opening in Toronto for a limited run in February. Thanks. Thanks so much for coming on. My so pleasure. the place that I always want to start with these kinds of conversations is really just to find out, well, why theater? Why, why did you choose to do theater? Um, I think if you were to ask my mother, she would probably say it was always an inevitability. <laughs> uh, when I was four, I was in the um, production of uh, The Night Before Christmas. I played the mother, and uh, which is so telling as well. But um, I, when it got to my line, which was just to say "be quiet" to the children, I stood up and like screamed it at the top of my lungs. And the way that she tells it is, all the parents laughed and thought it was hilarious. But um, and from then on, it was just mostly me sort of getting involved in theatery things and always being drawn towards it, but never really until kind of high school really getting into it um and there were two influential conversations that i had one was at the end of grade 12 i uh, we just done our grade 12 presentations that were like 20 minute scenes and my drama teacher who uh was an extremely influential woman woman in london um, very well respected in the theater community and outside of London as well, uh, came up to me and she said, Merritt, have you ever considered doing theater at the post-secondary level? And I went, mm, no. And she looked at me and she said, you should. And those two words like actually changed the course of my life. Well, so what I, were you going to be doing before that? Well, and that's the thing. So I had originally um, wanted to go to university to be a psychologist. And my mom is a therapist, my stepfather's a psychologist, and it wasn't a shock to anyone. But so I, when she said that, I was like, okay, well, you know, talked with a bunch of people and, um, you know, adults, quote unquote, that I trusted. And, and they were like, you can, why don't you minor in theater? I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. So I get to around first year, second year, and I decided to do what at Queens is called a medial, um, where you do equal courses in uh, two subjects, so I was doing drama and psychology, and then I had gone home for the summer, and I'd gone back to my high school to see the dress rehearsal of the school show. A friend of mine was directing it, and uh, and I sat next to one of my be my best friend's moms, 
And later that night, Doug gives me a call, and he's like, oh my god, my mom tells me you're going in the theater. I was like, no, 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 absolutely not, no, no, she's crazy, I don't know where she got that. And I sat down at the dinner table that night and told my parents this in a ha-ha, isn't this hilarious kind of way, and my mom just looked at me and my stepfather, and they were like, well, sweetie, do you want to go in the theater? Because you know if you do, of course we'd support you. Like, we'd, we'd support that decision, and I broke down in tears. Mm. Not that they were ever the parents that were like, you have to be a doctor, but they, I, I just never thought that they would think it was an actual viable career choice. And they were like, well, of course, your uncle's an actor. Like, we've got actors all over the family. Like, do it if you want to do it. And I didn't switch my, my course focus, but my mental focus mm-hmm. shifted extremely. Um, and from then on, just got, like, super involved in it, uh, more so than I even had been. Um, and at the end of university, auditioned for theater school, um, and I really wanted to go to George Brown. I didn't get in the first time I auditioned, but I knew that that's where I wanted to go. I, I did get in somewhere else, decided not to, worked for the year, made money for tuition. Where was the other place that you that you went to that you did get in? Uh, it was Randolph. Okay. And Did you not go at all to Randolph? I didn't go. Okay. No, they'd offered me a scholarship uh, to go because I said, I'm sorry, it's too much money because it, the tuition is quite high and yeah. it's not OSAP. You, mm, you can't get OSAP for right. it. So um, I said, I'm sorry, I, I can't. And they said, well, what if we give you a one-year scholarship? I was like, well, okay, I'll consider it. And I said, okay, that went to someone else. Just kidding. How about a half-year scholarship? And I was like, yeah, okay. And they're like, now you have to write an essay. I'm like, I'm out. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I but I, I knew I wanted to go to George Brown, and so I auditioned the next year and got in. And now, when you were at George Brown, were they they were already at the Young Center? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. which was such a fantastic. Were you there at like the first few years at the Young Center? Like, was it? Uh, I don't. I should know that mm. offhand. I'm not quite. sure. I don't think so. Mm. Um, I think there was at least at least four years before okay. me. So they they they. they been there for a while and kind of settled in at that mm. point but yeah. yeah for me it it's not there anymore but the old it's a condo now i've heard when I was yeah there, just across the street from from there yeah um so uh it's, I've, I've always been sort of fascinated with the new space because i've mm-hmm. only seen the the theater like the front of house yeah i i feel very lucky um mm-hmm. that i mean any t- time that i was having a bad day i would leave that building and get to walk through the distillery district and yes. it would Immediately, whether it was you know dark out and it was cr- the Christmas market, mm-hmm. um, or you know it was just a beautiful sunny day in the fall, mm-hmm. like it really, it kind of melted away mm. the stress. Yeah, uh, which was really really nice. That's helpful. Yeah, that's really. Of course, helpful. you couldn't buy a coffee for less than two fifty. No, of course, <laughs> I mean, little things. Yeah. Um, now. You you said like you were always like the first thing was that 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 production of of uh, Christmas Carol. Yeah. Had you seen any theater before that, or were you just like um, one of those people that like gravitates to performing? I don't think I had at that point. My my grandmother, my uh, paternal grandmother, uh, took me to a lot of theater when I was younger, um, and I don't know if it's because they were like this one. She's mm. quite theatrical, but. You know, she took me to see Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat mm-hmm. when I was young. She took me to Stomp. She took me to the ballet. Mm-hmm. She was very into exposing me to that sort of culture, yeah. um, which I think, you know, must have had an influence 
Must have. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I would think that it, it, it has to. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> with 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 that sort of background, do you have any th- like? You were taking the double minor. It's almost like you were resisting theater. Did you? You just didn't think it was a viable career. Yeah, or? I think it was always and yes, and also um, I had a mindset for a very long time that I wasn't sure whether um, whether I liked theater because it was easy or it was easy because I was good at it. And it's a good question. Yeah, and for a long time I kind of struggled with that and of course that's before you you really sort of start delving into it the way you do in theater school Mm -hmm. you realize no no that ain't easy yeah but whether it was yeah whether it was an easy art quote-unquote or whether I just had a facility with it so I think um you know having the example of two psychologists in Mm -hmm. my home uh and really being interested in that which of course folds into drama of course yeah yeah but uh and, and I was always very good at, like, talking with my friends about their problems and, and being that ear mm-hmm. and sounding board. But, um, yeah, I, I think it, it was both and. Like, I resisted it because I wasn't sure that I wanted to do it, um, both because I didn't know if it was a career choice that would be sort of supported by people mm-hmm. and also because I was like, well... I need to do something that challenges me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and at that point, theater didn't challenge you? It was just too easy? It, I mean, it, I think it did challenge me, but I didn't see it as a challenge mm-hmm. yet. Right? I saw it as so much more fun. Um, and, and the challenges were different than academic challenges. And I had always been an academic kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went to a very, like a, um, they had an extremely good music program, uh, but also a very academic high school, mm-hmm. um, where like if you weren't getting an eighty-five, you were not doing well. That kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, challenge to me meant academic at that point. I think. When did theater start to challenge you? Um. Actually, I th- the first time that it really. I mean, like, it, it did through university somewhat. I had some amazing profs. Um, uh, Craig Walker was phenomenal. Um, and his acting class in second year started to push those boundaries. Um, but uh, Kat Sandler, actually, mm. she was a year ahead of me at Queens. And she, for her director's project, you were supposed to do, like, a 20-minute thing. She's figured, well, if I knew in 20 minutes, I may as well do the whole play and put on a whole production of it. <laughs> Typical cat. So she picked The Goat or Who is Sylvia by Edward Albee. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't too known at that point. I was only in third year. And I'd only done uh, Queen's Musical Theater and Queen's mm-hmm. Players. But she took a chance on me, auditioned me for the one female role, and I, I got it. Um and that was really the first time. I mean, it is such a challenging script. Mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. 25 years too young for the yeah. role. Um, but luckily, like, Chick Reed, from, who works at Stratford, uh, was one of my profs as well, and she'd done it. Mm-hmm. So we sat down and talked about it. And Kat, even then, was so amazing at being able to push people and, and know what makes them tick and what makes them work. Mm-hmm. And it was really my first experience with um, kind of voice class work as well. She mm-hmm. just instinctively knew a lot of that. Yeah. 
uh, and that was that was probably the show and my the first sort of straight play, if you will, mm-hmm. that I'd ever done. First non musical. Non musical, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really, I mean, it's such. Have you ever read it? Yeah. 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 So like, hella yeah. s- tough content as yeah. well. But yeah, that was the first time that I, you know, ever left a rehearsal frustrated or in tears or like exuberated because mm-hmm. I'd like gotten it or something like that. Yeah. So, um, did I know for me when I was a kid, um, I was my first introduction to theater was musicals and I listened mm-hmm. to musical soundtracks and things like that and imagine what the show would be like. I thought that was theater. And it, when I realized that you could do theater without talking, that kind of blew my mind. It was like, oh, you don't have to have to. Also, every time you're a kid and you go to a movie or you see a, you go to theater, they're singing in it. So of course mm-hmm. you don't realize realize that. Did you have any kind of? Because you were doing musicals mostly. Did it? Yeah. Did uh, what was the? I mean, obviously I know the difference between singing and not singing, but was <laughs> it? Did you find it a like a shock to do a straight play rather than a musical? Um, yeah, Uh, especially to, to do one for sure. I mean, at that point I'd seen a lot of, Mm -hmm. uh, non-musical theater. Um, but the other thing, and one of my, one of my other profs, uh, sort of hinted at this and talked about it, um, before and after when we've spoken about the play, but it was the first time that, cause I, my voice was always a thing that. That people would notice about me mm-hmm. when I would audition. Uh, usually, I would sing first, and yeah. it would be musical audition. So they'd be like, "Whoa, this this chicken sang." Yeah. Um, and this was the first time that I wasn't able to rely on my voice. Mm-hmm. So I think that was was in, very challenging, mm-hmm. right? Like normally, I was able to sing my way through whatever I was in, and yeah. and I didn't get a lot of challenge on the acting. Like it was like okay, she acts it fair, fine enough. Like, she's mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, not fine enough, but yeah, like, but you know, it, it wasn't the, the delving in point. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas that's all, that's all it is when you're doing Albie. Yeah. Like, yeah. so, yeah. Um, I think that was, that was probably the, the main mm-hmm. challenge of it. Did you find it a shock or a big change going from the university setting into the conservatory setting oh, at George Brown? Yeah. Yeah. What was the What was the biggest difference? Um, it can be summed up, I think, in the phrase "being a good student," mm. because in university and in high school and public school, all through, being a good student and being perfect and getting like the best grades you can um, is. A trait that is admired and encouraged and sought mm-hmm. after. Um, <laughs> the second I got into college, that was like a bad no-no. Um, like, don't be, don't try to be perfect. Don't mm. try to. You, you can't. You can't be. You and can't and, be. It, and a, it throws allowed, up a wall. You're allowed to be messy, and that's and, the thing and that, they yeah. wanted you to be messy, yes. right? Yeah. They wanted you to try things and experiment, and that was really hard for me um, because I I was such a perfectionist mm-hmm. up to that point that it was like what do you mean go up there and fail I can't do that I can't fail in front <laughs> of a room full of people and even still it's it's quite hard for me like I, I fight with that yeah. about not getting it perfect in fact 
um, in a rehearsal for Evil Dead, I sat down with the director because I was having um, a problem with the the way that this sort of ditzy mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. is, and and I wasn't quite doing it the way that he wanted, and so we we were chatting about it, and I was like, okay, uh, like what I don't. And he was like, just go up and try something. And I was like, well, I don't want to, because we were in runs at this uh-huh. point. Um, and I tried a bunch of stuff. And, and I was like, I don't want to waste another run doing the wrong thing, is what I said. Yeah. And he's like, he just kind of looked at me like, what? Like, <laughs> it's not a waste of a run, and it's not the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still so ingrained yeah, in me. Yeah, of course. It's hard to let go of. Oh, God. Um, my heart is... And I'm also like... Not only an oldest child, mm-hmm. but I was an only child for okay. twelve years. So okay. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. My heart is when I was in George Brown. Uh, the difficult thing for me was to, and I never succeeded at it. Stop trying to impress your teachers. Yep. And that's the same. Umbrella, same thing. Right? When I was in, in, you know, where I was in, like high school, everything, everything else, the teacher, impress the teacher, you get the good grade, right, or whatever. But when you're trying to impress a teacher in theater school, you are doing the wrong thing and that it was so hard for me to get away from that yeah well also for me the the third eye watching myself mm-hmm. and not like and judging everything that I was doing because mm-hmm. like oh that's wrong that's not right yeah. like okay you did that good well um yeah I mean same yeah. same umbrella right yeah who was who was the head of acting when you were at George Brown? Todd Todd yeah. I don't have any experience with Todd, so oh, okay. I was head of acting when I was in theater school. Was uh, Peter Wilde? Oh, nice. So he actually worked. came back. I didn't get a chance to work with him, mm-hmm. but he came back for the second years mm-hmm. when I was in theater. Did you guys do uh, Zone of Silence at all? We Maybe? didn't because I didn't. Oh, I didn't have him. That's too bad. Yeah, I've heard it's a lot of fun. Uh, no, it's or not fun, but like it's, you know, opens up a lot. It does, but it's it, it's frustrating as hell. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's this exercise where. And you don't get told anything. When it's done the Peter Wilde way, you don't get told anything about what the end goal is, mm-hmm. about what the purpose is. Oh, you just have to do <laughs> it, right? And of course, we're all first-year theater students who are coming in, doing a thing, and he says, okay, so you're going to go up and do a thing, and we're gonna, you know, you're just not going to do anything. And we're like, what the fuck? What am I paying for? Yeah. I'm supposed to do things, right? So it was like this whole, this yeah. whole thing. Um, what was the first exercise that you did at theater school, the first... Uh, uh, the first like real acting class that you had do you remember like with Todd yeah it took us a while to kind of get into exercises like Mm -hmm. we did a lot of stuff where we would get up in front of the group and and we'd sort of be interviewed and Mm. um, he'd ask us a lot of questions and uh, I think one of the one of the first things that we did that was really interesting to watch was um, for everybody like and watch yourself was we'd have a list of actions Mm -hmm. that he'd given us and we sat in a circle and you had to pick someone across the circle from you and pick an action and you could only use their name Mm. and you had to portray that action and then they would have to guess what you were trying to do to them so it was teaching you how, how you know how to do something to another person. Yes, yeah. Um, and it was really interesting watching people trying to do something over and over and over and the other person just not get it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it was hard. It was yeah, hard. Because you had their w- yeah. one name. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many, when we, you're so, we're so reliant on words mm-hmm. a lot of the time. 
mm. in theater that that they become the crutch, and so yeah. you've got to take that away. Yeah. Oh my God, we also had sweater game, which if you ask, okay, I'm not familiar with sweater yeah, game. Yeah, so ask anybody who's ever had Todd, and they'll know exactly what sweater game is. Basically, you have to two people go up, one person works at the store, mm-hmm. the other person is returning a sweater, and the person who's working at the store is not allowed to accept the sweater. They mm-hmm. have to say, no, I'm sorry, and, and never let you return the sweater. So it's your job, and it was all about tactics. Again, mm-hmm. actions, doing something. Right, right. It, it, like, and you have to change tactics mm-hmm. to try and get them to take back the sweater. Mm-hmm. And so it, it starts with like, like, please, and kind of like, oh, but, and, you know, uh, and or like flirting with someone, yeah. or like, some people would just like break down crying uh-huh. and, and it was hilarious to watch. Wow. And eventually Todd would call cut. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. My favorite wow. though, I had this one guy, uh, Tim, um, who was like just this sweet, sweet guy. And I pretended that there was a monitor and just like pulled my shirt down and like threw my cleavage at him. <laughs> That's one of my tactics. And he was like, I, I, uh, I, I like, didn't know where to look. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> I was like, well, that yeah, works. That's, that's a tactic. <laughs> yep. Um, when you got out of theater school, what was the biggest, because I know when I was in theater school, they spent a lot of time trying to prepare us for when we left theater school, yeah. which was, one of the things that drew me to the course was it was like the mm-hmm. only course where they gave you any kind of education. The business of acting class. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. What happens when you leave here? And other schools, I felt like when I when I spoke to them that it was like, when you leave here, well, good luck. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, and that was a school where they would actually give you a foundation. Yeah. Um, did you feel like you were adequately prepared when you left? I did. Yeah? Um, yeah, the business of acting class was, was really great. We had Julie Tupperman... Um, come in and teach the second half and, and she knows so much about this making your own work mm-hmm. um, that she really focused on that when she was teaching us. And that was, was something that I felt like when I was in theater school had not become a thing. I don't think the indie theater scene was so huge no. as it was when I was there was just up. There was just Fringe. Yeah. Right? And that was pretty much it. There wasn't a whole lot of indie theater. Mm-hmm. So there was no real education or no talk about creating your own work. It was all about go to the How audition get the job, get the next, like, just that sort of thing without yeah. the indie theater uh, aspect. Well, and so now, because, like, when I came out, it was very much, it's going to take you a good 10 years to break into, I mean, that wasn't what they, you know, the number they said, but, like, that was the kind of sense, mm-hmm. like, to get into Stratford, Shaw, Soul Pepper, yeah. Hand Stage, like, you know, Tarragon, yeah. all of those places, it's going to take you, like, a, a solid build up to a, a career that's going to get you in the door mm-hmm. um, unless you're lucky and they have a part that fits you and you happen to audition yeah um but you know there's kind of there's a stronghold on those roles mm-hmm. and those parts and you know for example like people <clears throat> playing roles that technically speaking they're 10 15 years quote unquote too old for it. Yes. they do an amazing job but like Hi, what about yeah. the people who are in their mid-20s? Exactly, yeah. Late-20s. Um, so, and and the indie theater scene, I think, was just really starting to happen mm-hmm. as I was getting out of theater school. So, you know, that's what they were preparing us for. They're like, you're not going to get in there right out the door. So right. unless you want to do a Joe job for 10 years yeah. while you try and get commercials, like, make your own work and yeah. get seen that way. I feel like 
I mean, we sort of did sort of lean towards that. The vocal mask was like mm -hmm. teaching you how to perform on your own and create a thing. Yeah. Really restrictive in its rules, but I think that it was like helpful to do. But outside of vocal mask, nobody talked about doing your own work. Mm -hmm. It was sort of like a, a thing that was like, oh, well, you know, maybe you could do some fringe stuff. And it was never, <laughs> it wasn't like the thing that it is now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so after you left theater school, um, how did you uh, make your own work? My, um, my, my trajectory out of theater school was uh, difficult mm -hmm. because when I was coming to the end of uh, the first semester of third year, my dad passed away very suddenly, mm -hmm. um, and. And like my grandfather had just passed away before that, and then my stepfather, step grandfather, passed away just after that, and then like I got sick, and like mm -hmm. there was another thing, and I, like there were just a whole bunch of things, but most specifically my dad's yeah. death that I I didn't quit, I got through the year, and then I took time off. Mm -hmm. So it it started off being like okay, I'm gonna take till the summer, and then September came, and I was not ready, yeah. and and it took me a good. And then, you know, setting benchmarks and not doing it. And it took me a good, like, year and a half, I'd say, to really actually want to get back in and mm -hmm. and, and have a drive to do things. Um, so, luckily, I was still, you know, kind of working and doing things. And I was already involved with uh, Shaky Shake. Mm -hmm. um, so... Now, for those that are not yes. you and me, Shaky Shake and Friends, uh, Shakespeare... Uh, adapted for puppets for kids. Yes. There we go. Um, written and created by uh, Tom McGee and his wife, Megan Miles, helped create it with their, their puppets. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I was already involved in that, which was great. So, you know, we did the Fringe um, uh, and had... We've, we've been doing it for five years now. Um, so that was always a good constant. Mm -hmm. And it was low pressure enough for me because I was working with all my friends and I was yeah. working with people who knew me, knew what I could do mm -hmm. and also were willing to give me the leeway that I emotionally needed at the time. Mm -hmm. um, whereas I would never go into a professional setting and ask for that. No, of course, that's of course. not my job and that's not fair. Yeah. Um, not that it wasn't professional working with them but like they, they're my best friends. Of course, yeah. yeah. So I was doing that, and I I did a couple other sort of smaller projects, um, but it wasn't really until kind of this past year that I actually started like auditioning for things and mm -hmm. started doing generals and mm -hmm. and then got Evil Dead, and that for me I had just said um, to my therapist right before I was like I just I have this feeling. I don't know what's going to happen, but I feel like I'm about to turn a corner. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't normally talk like that, like something's coming, but I just had this spooky feeling. And then I saw the posting for Evil Dead. I got my my uh, submission in the day it was due. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I got an audition. And then I got the part. Mm -hmm. uh, well, then I had two callbacks and then of I course, got the part. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and it, it really... And like, you know, having gone around North America and now we're coming to Toronto and now I feel like I'm back where I was before my dad died, where I was like, okay, I have this show, um, cause we were just about to go into our, uh, or we, we had just gone into our first show mm -hmm. 
uh, in our season at George Brown. Mm -hmm. So I was, I had already sent out a couple feelers to some agents, um, but <clears throat> hadn't gotten around to the second set of being like, right. hey, remember I sent you my package? Um, so I feel like now I'm finally back at that point where I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, I have the show. I can send it to agents. I can, you know. Um, how many cities have you done with Evil Dead? We did, I'd have to actually count, but I want to say it was around 10. Okay. Um, yeah, we did three in Canada because uh, we, we had uh, a bunch of previews, open previews in Chatham. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, two in Ohio, two in New Jersey, Charlotte, North Carolina, and then Mesa. So nine. Have, I don't think I've heard of seen Had you seen any of the previous productions? I hadn't. No? I'm a very bad friend because one of my really close friends from uh, Queens, mm -hmm. Laura Tremblay, actually played my part the last time it was oh you are a bad friend I know um, but it was one of those like okay I'm gonna come see it and then it of runs course, out yeah, right? of course yeah which I'm sure will happen to me but um, uh, yeah I didn't get a chance to see it but mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends who did or who are super fan deadites like Tom McGee has yeah, seen it now nine times yeah yeah uh, and so I asked them, and I was like, hey, do you think, like, this show's, oh, it sounds like it would be me, and they're like, you have to apply for this. <laughs> and actually, Laura Tremblay, uh, I bumped into her at Fringe, and I was like, ah, like, I, I, do you think I should? And she's like, oh my god, yes, like, oh, you'd be amazing at that. And then she stopped, and she pulled back, she's like, oh my god, I have this feeling like you're definitely gonna get it. Oh my god. <laughs> like, just weird. Yeah. Like, it was, I don't know. It's funny, there's something to be said for sometimes, I mean, I know... A lot of actors don't like to put it out mm -hmm. to say, I want this, I think I'm going to get this, mm -hmm. um, because it's so hard when you don't, and you've already been like, you've, oh, I you've was told terrified. yourself <laughs> that you know, you're going to get it, so you don't. You yeah. tend to be like, okay, no, you know, I'm sure it was fine. If I get it, whatever. Yeah. Secretly, you're like, God, I really hope I get it. God, I hope I get it. Yeah. Um, I have, how have you found, like, I know when I've seen this show, I've, I saw it once, in Toronto, it, it was kind of insane the way that people go a little bit crazy for. Yeah. It. Um, does that is that happening everywhere? No, the show goes? Uh, okay. it's not. And I the only reason I know that is I mean, like, granted, my own experiences mm. uh, of like kind of crazy versus tamer audiences. Um, but the stage manager that we have, who actually her, her name's Jen Hewitt, and she was one of my ASMs in my final year at theater school. Mm -hmm. Which was just so funny. I was like, wait, you're doing this? That's crazy. Yeah, it was great. Um, also a nice symmetry, mm -hmm. uh, given what I, what I just said about my last year. But um, she had been with the show before and so knew it quite well and knew what the Toronto audiences were like. Mm -hmm. And I was actually over at her house the other night and she was saying, <laughs> me and one of the other girls, and she's like, you guys don't know. Like, you sort of know, but you don't know. The audiences in Toronto are insane. And we did have some of that. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I forgot uh, uh, one of the cities. Um, anyway, but when we were in uh, Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. uh, which was awesome, and Cleveland. I, oh, no, I did say Cleveland. You did say Cleveland. I, I did. did say Cleveland, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, Pittsburgh was awesome, and we were there for Halloween. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we had people that were, because like, you could search the hashtag on Instagram, people bought their Halloween tickets, like, as soon as they went on sale. Yeah. Before we'd even started rehearsing. Yeah. Um, and they came in costume and, like, splatters yeah, on and, course, like, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And it was, it was great. And it was crazy. And we yeah. did have audience who, when 
Ash, Trent put up the the boomstick yeah, and they'd like freak out. Yeah. <laughs> and there would be other instances where you go, my boomstick. Okay, so no one here has seen it, I guess. Yes, like, yeah. It just yeah. have that dead silence. Weird. Yeah. Weird. But I'm really looking forward to to the Toronto audiences. When does that? Uh, we start rehearsals at the beginning of February, and then mm-hmm. uh, the shows run the 12th to the 28th. So it actually ends up being three weekends, and mm-hmm. we're going um, Thursday through Sundays. And then are you are you going on tour again, or is this the, the don't end of Don't know. Don't know. Okay. Heard okay. rumors. Okay. Won't substantiate any of them. Can't. No. It's all right. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Um, so this is, like, really your first gig outside of... Yeah. That's a good start. It's a pretty good start. Yeah. I feel pretty, pretty good, good yeah, about it. You should feel pretty good about it. You yeah. should feel pretty good about it. I actually, I had, um, uh, when I was 20, 21, um, my godmother very generously um, gave me uh, something from Tiffany's. Mm-hmm. And we were in the store and she was paying for it. And I saw, I looked down in the case uh, and I saw mm-hmm. this little silver ring. Mm-hmm. And it was, it wasn't that expensive. Um, and even like for a 20 year old, I was like, Oh, that's not that expensive. Um, and I, and I said to myself in that moment, I was like, when I get my first professional contract, mm-hmm. I'm going to come back and I'm going to buy that ring. Right. And so the day that I handed in my contract, I went back and I bought the ring. Oh, very nice. Yeah. And very so, nice. and I haven't like basically, haven't, I wear it every day. Now. Of course. Yeah. Um, well, that's a good, that's a, like one of those like nice symmetry things. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, do you, I mean, are you doing Shaky Shake this summer as well? Or are you going to yeah, have time for that? Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the hope is to do it, yeah, cool. for sure. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, I love doing Shaky Shake. I mean, it's it's just something that's so unlike. Well, tell me, about, tell me about what you love about doing Shaky Shake. What is it? I mean, first of all, I love kids. Mm-hmm. So performing for kids, it's just so funny. What uh, The random stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hilarity of their reactions and um and Tom's scripts are so intelligent and so funny that I mean uh when we were doing the read through this year for Hamlet mm-hmm. I was crying laughing mm. and then and just like just losing my mind of course it it's been cast so well yeah. as well that it just because Tom also writes for our voices, so he mm-hmm. knows, and he's such a hilariously funny man. But um, it also brought me to like all the emotional feels crying mm-hmm. when he has this this little scene after um, the our edited down version, but most of to be or not to be, and Shaky Shaken and, and Zip, his little eight year old friend, come out and talk about it, and and Zip. Uh, Shakes asks him what he thinks about it and, and Zip goes oh wow no one's ever asked me what I thought about theater before I'm just a kid normally people tell me oh so what you're telling me is that I get to decide mm-hmm. and think about it for myself wow that's great can I talk to you about it at the end of the show and it was yeah. so emotional I was like <laughs> oh my god Tom you're teaching people like kids yeah. how to feel and like yeah. learn and, and it just it's such a wonderful way to get kids into Shakespeare without mm-hmm. them getting trapped up in the language. Well, I mean, also, I mean, you're getting them young before um, the before they're taught, when they're in high school, that they have to hate <laughs> before Shakespeare. Before they're, yeah, taught yeah, Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, when you first heard about Shaky Shake, um, did you think that's brilliant, or did you think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard? Oh, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah? 
I was in Tom's living room, uh, and I was just like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Like, this this sounds hilarious. Mm-hmm. And and because I, I'd lived with Tom for a year at that yeah. point, we were roommates, um, and had known him since, actually since we did The Goat. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had met the summer before, but that was really when we got to, <clears throat> to know each other. He was in it with me. Um, I knew how funny he was yeah. and how smart he was. And I was like, if there's anybody that can do this and do a good job of it, it's Tom. Because well, I thought it could go either way. The first time I heard oh, it, I yeah. didn't know Tom. I mean, it could go either way. Yeah. Um, Especially with Romeo and Juliet, where they both die. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so, you, like, you literally, it could be good, it could be terrible. Yeah. But Well, and funnily enough, <clears throat> speaking of sort of a coin flip, uh, so it was Tom and Megan, mm-hmm. um, uh, Tom McGee, Megan Miles, Michael Mann, and then Shira Taylor and myself. Mm-hmm. There were only five of us when it first started. And... Uh, Shira and I, for the first read-through, Tom hadn't picked who was going to play Juliet and who was going to play the Shemp character. So we flipped a coin. And Shira, I was like, neither of us cared. Yeah. Um, so Shira read for Lucy, and it, like, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. She should always have been. <laughs> and it was just, and, and like, the Shemp role, I, I ended up, like, the friar was, I was meant, weirdly meant to play the friar. Like, it, I don't know. It just worked out so perfectly. Yeah. And so from that first read-through, mm. it was like, this is something so special. And you guys have done, like... We've done five like, shows. Since the first time, I think you've managed to Four shows. In, like, Four shows, five okay. years. Yeah. Yeah, so we've yeah. done uh, Romeo and Juliet, yeah. The Tempest, Midsummer Night's Dream, and Hamlet. The Hamlet's pretty ambitious to put for puppets. It that's, was, and we won Best of Kids Fringe. That's great. So, yeah. yeah, Best of Kids Fringe, Patron's Pick, mm. uh, and Now Magazine. Great. All sorts of things there. So, that's great. Yeah. I mean, Tom was, he said afterwards, he was like, I'm scared shitless. Well, but I mean. Tom is also an incredibly self-deprecating human, so he had a very special, I think it's his best. I think, I, I often wonder about that whole fear thing. Mm-hmm. Because the thing that we're afraid of is often the thing that we should do. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I'm going to tell myself um, <laughs> for a couple of projects. But because this scares me, like talking to people for like an hour scares me. It's yeah. not something that I'm naturally inclined to. So it takes me out of my comfort spot, you know. Um, but I think that it's when you push yourself past that, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So I can completely understand that. Um, What's something that has scared you that you push past as far as theater goes? I mean, there's been a lot. There was a lot in theater school that scared the crap mm-hmm. out of me. I mean, uh, Vocal Mask, as we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to do my third year one, um, but I, I had to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, also because I'd somehow picked Haunted, Oh my, my topic, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Nope, won't be doing that. Oh my god! No. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, the first time I did it, I was I was really scared, and mm. and then you know, I think one of the neat things about theater is that when you do something that scares you and it pays off, mm-hmm. the payoff is also especially for well, I I can't speak to other parts of it, but for performance, there's such a high. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. But yeah. Do you remember what your first year? A vocal mask problem was or topic yeah was? um it came down to the sentence uh fall on your knees was mm. sort of my inspiration okay. um and ended up being grief mm. 
Um, and that five minutes just flies by when you're up there. But um, yeah, it was. Did great. you manage to keep it under five minutes? I think so. Because I think my, I was just at it. My class, almost everybody was over. Oh yeah, no, they laid yeah. the smack down when oh. it, when, it, when by the time we were there, I was like, they, you cannot be. And I'm like, okay. They they let everybody. It was the longest night. Like it was scheduled for mm. like everybody to have five minutes and. Some people took like 10, 15 minutes. Oh my gosh, no, go, they would not have right? stood. They'll, they're no. like, we'll cut you off. Well, they, I mean, at the end, it was like, well, technically, you all failed vocal mask because you were over. Technically, I don't think I, I don't think it actually gave a mark yeah, for vocal care. mask. You got up, you did the thing. Yeah. Um, but technically, yeah. Peter Watts said we all failed. <laughs> um, but um, that, that's a terrifying thing, especially you know, for me, I wanted to deviate like you know because vocal mask you can only use found mm-hmm. material oh it's so hard I, when you're like i need a bridge yes yeah and you're not allowed to write your own bridge mm-hmm. you gotta find your bridge oh uh, yeah so like that's a frightening thing because you only have the text you can find and you have mm-hmm. to make a thing out of it um with uh so theater school evil dead yeah. um which is a like having decided to go like to to start doing the thing it's a great uh thing to start with well and i feel Um, very lucky because it hits it hits what i already know mm -hmm. um because uh the guys that wrote it especially chris bond like Mm -hmm. he's from queens Mm -hmm. and he did queens players which is uh, oh and that's the other project that i've been uh most involved with since i graduated was queens players toronto um i've done two shows with them i'm on the board for my second year now i don't know queens players toronto what, oh it's what great is that? um it's a company that so it uh it started at queens like a hundred years ago mm-hmm. um sort of a review type show ish kind of thing and then it morphed into um a mashing together of pop culture references Every, the characters get thrown into some crazy situation there's always like a good guy team and a bad guy team and like um, it ends up being very funny. There's mm. some, uh, it's mostly sketch. There's, uh, improv in it a bunch. And in between each, uh, scene, every character sings, um, or every, uh, actor sings a pop rock song. Mm. And there's a full band, live band backing it up. But the things that distinguish it, uh, A, all of the money goes to charity mm-hmm. and B, Everybody in the audience is drinking, and everybody on stage is drinking. Okay. So, and and there are traditions built in. Like, no one, like, gets stupid. But, uh, you know, like, there's the drinking song. And, like, if anybody mm-hmm. screws up, the audience yells, seamless, which gets more and more frequent as the show goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I had always, I'd done it at Queens, and you will never feel more, feel more like a rock star than when you do this show. Okay. And so when I got to Toronto and found out there was a Queens Players Toronto, and mm. I'd, I'd seen the shows, but I was never able to while I was in theater school. Mm. It just conflicted. So the second I got out, I was like, I'm auditioning. <laughs> and got in and did it. And then uh, got nominated and elected to the board and um, did the show again last summer. And, and I feel very honored to be a part of this company because last year, for example, we raised $20,000 mm. for charity. Um, and... and yeah, it's it's such a wonderful thing to be a part of. Does it happen once a year? Yep, for once like a year. one performance, or is it like? Uh, no, no, no. It's yeah. a um, uh, eight performances. Okay. So okay. over over two weekends. Is it rehearsed or is oh, it? Oh yeah, mostly? absolutely okay. rehearsed. Okay. Um, some improv, like mm-hmm. there will be spots where you'll you'll throw something new right. in, or like 
there's a lot of talk back with the audience, which mm-hmm. is really fun. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Great. Um, so what? So it happened in. Is it always? Oh in yeah, the summer? right. Yeah. So so yeah. yeah, it's always in the summer. Um, so I started talking about that uh, is because Chris Bond. That's where he. Right. You know, he started doing that at, at Queens and and did it at Queens Players Toronto, and so it was actually funny in my callback. I was like, I actually know like all of your friends, <laughs> and uh, and. We had, I mean, this was my second callback, so he didn't really know that at that point at all. He was quite shocked. It was really funny. Um, uh, Because I'd only heard him by his nickname at that point. I was like, it's very weird for me to call you Chris. (laughs) Like, you're Bondo to me. (laughs) Um, But but the humor in Evil Dead is is very much in the realm of Queens players. Mm -hmm. And the audience, how crazy the audience gets, is the same. So it was something that I felt very comfortable entering Mm -hmm. into as well good good yeah um are you on twitter i am do you want to share your uh your twitter handle sure i i use instagram more okay so um, let's so let's, <laughs> let's do both so twitter you are uh full of that's merit. actually yes it's full, full of, of merit, merit. Yeah. thank See, you I, I, re- <laughs> I was like Dang. what the hell is okay. my twitter it's handle full, of, full merit. of merit um m-e-r-r-i-t-t i should say because uh, nobody spells it right. But it's not even my own family sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, guys, really? It's, yeah. it's been almost 29 years. Yeah, you should, they should do <laughs> yeah. that. Like, they named you. Yeah. Um, and then my Instagram, I think it's just Merit C. Merit C? Yeah. Cool. But again, the same spelling. Um, right. And if you can't find that, search the hashtag Evil Dead the Tour, Evil Dead the Musical, because you'll All see right. lots of stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. Great. Thank you.